All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote, it's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S forward slash Just News. Hello, America. Happy Sunday. I hope you're eating on the back porch, having a belated breakfast in the sunshine, enjoying the summery weather. Yes, summer is here. We've got a great show for you. A lot of food for thought. You're not going to be disappointed. We got an all-star lineup. Two of the most important leaders in the Republican House, the conference chairwoman, Elise Stefanik, and the chairman of the Republican Study Committee, Jim Banks. They're here. That's a pretty good lineup, but we're not done. We got Alan Dershowitz, the great lawyer. He's got a lot of things to say about that January 6th committee hearing. You're going to want to hear that. Alaska Governor Mike Dunleavy, he oversees a state with some of the most picturesque views and some of the greatest natural resources in all of America. He's scratching his head wondering why Joe Biden won't allow Alaska to drill and help bring down our gas prices. You can talk about that. And then if you haven't been paying attention to the New York governor's race, you're like, oh, I didn't know that was going on. We got a shocker for you. Andrew Giuliani, the son of former New York City Mayor Rudy Giuliani, he's up in the Republican polls. He's leading the Republican primary. He's going to tell us how his tough on crime law and order message is resonating with New Yorkers who are wary of all of the crime, all of the release the bad guys policies of liberal district attorneys. He is here to defund the police, all the things that have struck New York so hard. Andrew Giuliani will round out the show today. We got a great one. Sit back, buckle up. We're going to hear from our messages when we come back. First up, Alan Dershowitz. You're going to love it. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious field of greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of greens 
can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, Thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Welcome back, everybody. First off, you know, there was a lot of doubt for a while. Did the Trump administration really offer the National Guard? It is not in doubt anymore. The uh, Capitol Police official files show that that offer was made actually much earlier than we thought. January 2nd, four full days before the riots broke out. A remarkable fact, because if the president, as he's going to be accused tonight, most likely in these hearings, was trying to foment violence, why would he send 20,000 troops to try to, well, suppress the violence? Doesn't make a lot of sense. But now we've got a second new revelation. We're going to break later in the show. To, uh, we're going to show you this document. It turns out that uh, while the Capitol Police rank and file, their commanders, the incident commanders, were kept in the dark about FBI pre-riot intelligence that said that there might really be some real violence and targeting of members and storming of the Capitol. We now, we've known that that's been out there. We, we, we never knew who else it went to because it didn't go to the police. Well, tonight we're going to be able to report that a key staffer Close to Senate uh, leader Chuck Schumer. Well, she got a tip off about that FBI intelligence, even while the Capitol Police commanders and rank and file officers who were going to be in jeopardy the next morning didn't get that information. Pretty remarkable stuff. And it's as though any evidence exculpatory to President Trump has been, well, dropped from these January 6th committee hearings. I think that troubles a lot of people. Now, 
here to break down all of the spectacle that will be tonight is one of the country's greatest constitutional and criminal lawyers, Harvard professor emeritus and host of The Rumble Show, one of my favorite podcasts, The Der Show, Alan Dershowitz. Alan, great to have you back on the show, sir. Great to have you uh, have me on on a very, very sad day for America. This reminds me of my youth when uh, at eight o'clock at night, we would watch the House Un-American Activities Committee or the McCarthy Committee holding spectacle hearings in order to tell one side of the story, never having anybody present the counter narrative. But at least in those days, you had an almost equal number of people on the Democrat side. Here we have Nancy Pelosi fixing, rigging the committee, making sure that the only two nominal Republicans on the committee are anti-Trump Republicans so that nobody will present a counter narrative. And it's just, you know, it's Pravda. Uh, I was I used to be able to say it's Pravda instead of the New York Times. But today, the New York Times is so close to what Pravda used to be by its focus on only hard left narrative that I can't make that analogy anymore. Uh, these are strange times indeed. Uh, your tie has caught my attention. We we're talking about it off here. I think it makes a pretty loud statement. Tell us why you're wearing that tie today. Well, I want to remember the Bill of Rights as it disappears from America. I'm going to keep my tie, even if the Bill of Rights is being taken away from Peter Navarro and from uh, other people and from everybody who wants to hear both sides of the issue. Just compare what's going on tonight to what went on after 9-11. After 9-11, a commission was set up with Democrats, Republicans, independents, academics, experts of all kind. They heard all kinds of evidence. They came to a report and almost everybody believed it because it was credible. This committee will come to a report, it prob probably it's already written, and no rational person will believe it because it will have told only a one-sided story. Look, if there's documentary evidence, of course, but you have to ask the question, what documentary evidence is being suppressed? You know, when I argue cases to the jury, and I know the prosecution always goes last, and I don't get the last word, I tell the jury at the end of my next to the last statement, please, when you're listening to the prosecutor, imagine you're Alan Dershowitz and imagine what you would say in rebuttal. And that's what I think viewers should do tonight. Not imagine they're me, but imagine they're uh, Republican members of the committee who were kept off. Imagine if they were people with a counter narrative. And remember, too, I'm a liberal Democrat. I always vote for Democrats for president. I'm a liberal. I have no, no favorable views of what happened on, on September. I'm sorry, on January 6th. All I care about is due process. That's all I care about. And I don't care which side is being denied due process, Republicans or Democrats. And what's happening tonight is a scandal to America and a denial of the most fundamental due process and also of the checks and balances and separation of powers. Yeah. yeah. Well, Professor, while we're on the topic of our founding documents, our Bill of Rights, I wanted to ask you something specifically um, regarding the First Amendment in 2022. It's it's for the most part absolute, save for slander, defamation, libel, bomb threats, things like that. Was there anything that President Trump said uh, that day on Twitter during his speech that would be exclusionary under the First Amendment? Anything that actually was inciting? Absolutely not. He talked about uh, uh, peaceful and patriotic. The only people that think that it could be banned under the Brandenburg principle 
or what used to be the great First Amendment civil rights organization, the ACLU. That stands for the Anti-Civil Liberties Union. Fortunately, there's now been a new organization that's arisen to fill the gap. It's called FIRE, Freedom of Individual Rights and, and Expression. And they have taken over. The ACLU has become the enemy of liberty, the enemy of free speech. Recently, one of the heads of the ACLU of transgender rights called for the banning, the banning of a book about transgenders. I mean, what are they going to do next? Burn books? This is not your grandfather's ACLU. This is not my ACLU. I used to be a national board member of the ACLU for years. I defended the rights of Nazis to march through Skokie. I defended the rights of Martin Luther King. I defended the rights of dissidents of every kind. Not today. Today, the ACLU has become an adjunct of the hard left and radical woke generation. And they defend only what they agree with and they don't defend what they disagree with. Have we heard a word about this, what's going on tonight from the ACLU? Don't expect it, because the ACLU is just swimming in money. What happened is they decided to raise fortunes of money off their anti-Trump attitudes. And so I have stopped contributing to the ACLU. I hope everyone stops contributing to the ACLU. And please send your contributions to FIRE. This is a great bipartisan, by by you know, totally neutral organization that believes that the shoe on the other foot has to fit. Yeah, we used to all believe that. It's uh, been hijacked in so many ways. Um, Alan, I want to take you to a legal matter that um, Peter Navarro has raised, and it's an interesting matter, which is he's been subpoenaed. They've then, because he didn't respond, he was referred to the Justice Department. He's been charged with contempt of Congress. But his argument is the committee isn't formed under the rules that Nancy Pelosi, by the way, set for not only the committees, but for enforcement of subpoenas by committees. Is it any chance that the federal courts would consider interpreting Congress's own rules and say, hey, you're not following your own rules. This subpoena is null and void. Well, they don't have to do that. All they have to do is follow the rules that have been set up in the courts for years and years and years. And that is if somebody is subpoenaed and claims privilege, I could be subpoenaed and asked, what did Donald Trump tell me when I went on the floor of the Senate to defend the Constitution on his behalf? His priest or minister could be could be subpoenaed. His wife, his his doctor could be subpoenaed. And we could all be arrested if we refuse to violate the privilege. That's not the way it works. The way it works is if Congress wants to enforce a subpoena, it goes to court. It has a hearing in which both sides are presented, not to a political body like Congress, but to a neutral judicial body like the court. And the court decides whether or not the uh, claim of privilege prevails. Now, the Biden administration, I voted for Biden. The Biden administration has put forth the dumbest legal argument I have heard in my almost 60 years of practicing law. The dumbest legal argument. They claim that the current president, Joe Biden, can waive executive privilege that was invoked by the former president. That would mean the end of executive privilege. Who's ever going to talk to a president in confidence when she or he knows that their conversation can be revealed if the new president of a different party decides to waive the privilege. It is the stupidest, dumbest argument. It's worthy of Professor Lawrence Tribe, but it's not worthy of any serious, reasonable, <laughs> objective, neutral constitutional scholar. 
That's a very I love point. it. Professor, we've just got one minute left, so I wanted to wrap up with a question regarding the protesters outside of Supreme Court justices' homes. It's supposed to be a federal offense for people to do that, to try to sway the court, but doesn't appear that Merrick Garland is going to do anything. Do you expect to see any action from the attorney general? Well, first, I would expect uh, Chuck Schumer, who I've known for years and years, uh, I remember he was a former student at the Harvard Law School, to retract and apologize for the statements he made in front of the Supreme Court, threatening Justices Gorsuch and uh, Kavanaugh and having a dog whistle. I mean, unbalanced people like the people like the person who went to Kavanaugh's house could easily have misinterpreted. I say misinterpreted what Schumer said and saying that was a license for uh, violence. Look, I think mm-hmm. the Constitution permits protests at a reasonable distance away from people's homes. Yep. I wouldn't do it. I think it's wrong myself to protest in front of people's homes. But I think there is a constitutional right to protest. But as yep. long as it's reasonable, it's at a distance, it's not at night. It Alan, we're going to have to leave that there because we're running up on a commercial break. Thank you so much for joining us, folks. We're going to be right back with more interviews just like that one. Hey folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome back, everybody. Our next guest, I'm so proud to welcome back to the show. She is the chairwoman of the House Republican Conference and a proud representative for the state of New York. Joining us right now, Congresswoman Elise Stefanik. Congresswoman, great to have you on the show again. Good to be with you, John. You have been leading the charge against the January 6th committee and all of its flaws, all of its false information. Uh, You got a chance to see what was supposed to be their best shot last night. They were talking about raising the roof. Your takeaway from last night's uh, first uh, primetime hearing. 
Well, my takeaway was that it was an abject failure, and the American people see it for exactly what it is, which is a partisan political circus. The purpose of the January 6th committee, with only Nancy Pelosi's appointees, is not to focus on how to make sure the Capitol is more secure, and they're not focused on getting to the facts that led up to January 6th. What they are focused on is punishing their political opponents, smearing Donald Trump, smearing his voters and smearing Republican members of Congress who have called out this committee as illegitimate, which is factually correct. Uh, really important for your viewers to know, John, and I know you've done reporting on this. This is the only committee in the history of Congress where you don't have any Republican appointed members, where there's only one party, a majority party with no minority party views. So no opportunity to cross-examine witnesses, no opportunity to look at evidence. And what did we see last night? We saw doctored evidence. We saw cherry-picked videos. Uh, and you've already seen some of those witness testimonies speak out of how just disingenuous and political Nancy Pelosi has turned this into. Yeah, it's not about the facts, it's about the effect. And that's a, such a shame. I can't imagine the 9-11 commission stooping to the level that we saw yesterday, uh, but and we did it. And, and now I wanna get to the issue that I know you do care about, and this should be above politics, right? It's making the Capitol more uh, safe. You see some of the stuff that we've been able to get from Capitol Police, like the fact the night before the FBI intelligence comes in, it doesn't go to the frontline police, it doesn't go to the commanders, it goes to someone that gives a, gives a hip, heads up to Chuck Schumer on the Democratic side. When you see those things, what comes to mind? I have a number of questions, and I know my Republican colleagues have a number of questions, but the American people have a number of questions. Why was that intelligence only shared with Chuck Schumer's office? Why was it treated as political and not just sheer intelligence? Why was that not shared with the U.S. Capitol Police on the front lines? Why was that not shared with Republican leadership? Again, these are bipartisan institutions. Uh, my question also, and the Speaker, the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, has refused to turn over any documents. We deserve to have full transparency into what her office knew, why they refused to support President Trump's request for the National Guard, what intelligence they received, and why they left the Capitol so ill-prepared. We know that the Capitol Police was half-staffed. We know that they didn't provide, weren't provided with adequate training, that they had expired equipment. All these questions are really important to make sure that the violence on January 6th, which Republicans have condemned, right. never happens again, and that we have a secure functioning U.S. Capitol. And I want to juxtapose that, John, with we are seeing violence and death threats against Supreme Court Justice Kavanaugh just this week. Democrats have failed to address that uh, significant security threat. And yet Republicans are ready and willing and have a bill that we would like to vote for on the, to improve that security. Same goes for the Capitol. The Democrats have failed to put in those measures to make sure the Capitol is secure. Yeah, I want to ask you this question because you have to go in and out of that Capitol every day. Is it any more secure than January 5th? Have they really made any improvements yet? I believe that they have not made improvements. And we see that with some of the bipartisan investigations into January 6th, uh, Nancy Pelosi has refused to act on many of those uh, recommendations. Uh, and I don't want to fault the Capitol Police. The Capitol Police do a tremendous job yeah, every single day. And we are grateful, and I have a great working relationship, as does my office with the U.S. Capitol Police. What concerns me is the politicization by the Speaker's office when it comes to overseeing the sergeant-at-arms and how they interact with the Capitol Police. I'll give you an example, John. They have magnetometers outside the House floor for members of Congress to walk through. I believe those are unconstitutional in the sense that you can't block elected members of Congress from going in to vote. But it has created a, a very bad sort of 
atmosphere of uh, Nancy Pelosi putting sowing doubt among members of Congress for their safety on the House floor. I'll tell you, we function more effectively as an institution without those magnetometers there. They should be focused on making sure that the Capitol Police has the support they need rather than putting up magnetometers to just be another step between lawmakers and our ability to vote on the floor. Yeah, no doubt. Another thing they've done is they've impugned a lot of the names of Republican uh, lawmakers. Uh, Scott uh, Perry got mentioned in the uh, hear, uh, hearing last night. I haven't seen any evidence to back up what Liz Cheney said there. Uh, Barry Loudermilk, I think, got uh, a thing. Do you have any reason to believe that the claims that the committee has made against those members are true? No, uh, this is about smearing Republican members, smearing political opponents. And it really is the left's obsession with continuing to not be able to beat Republicans, let alone Donald Trump, at the ballot box, especially looking forward to the midterms and the next presidential, that they want to, uh, you know, assign criminality where it doesn't exist. Uh, in the case of going after members, this is an illegitimate committee. You cannot issue a subpoena without discussion with a ranking member. A ranking member is of the opposing party appointed by the opposing party. There are no appointments by Leader McCarthy. They are all handpicked by Nancy Pelosi, including Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger, who are truly parrots and puppets of Nancy Pelosi at this point. So I stand by my colleagues. They are focused on the issues that matter to the American people, John. They are focused on inflation, the soaring gas prices, the crime crisis in America. And when it comes to securing the Capitol, it's Republicans that are asking the tough questions. And we're conducting our own investigation since they were booted off committee to ensure that we put forth recommendations so that the Capitol is more secure in the future. Yeah, that's so important. Your predecessor, who used to be a member of the Republican caucus, said an odd, had an odd language last night. She said, we're going to show what caused those people to commit violence on January 6th as though they were robots. There was some secret force trading them. I mean, aren't the people who commit the violence responsible for their own behavior? People are responsible for their own behavior, and uh, they need to face accountability. Republicans have been very clear that any criminal acts or the destruction, the violence must be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. What makes Republicans different from Democrats is we call out violence no matter where or when it happens. So throughout the entirety of 2020, when you saw those vicious, violent riots, those looters, the burning of cities to the ground, the desecration of federal statues, of federal buildings, Republicans condemned that. It was Democrats who were silent, who said those were peaceful protesters. Any type of violence is not peaceful protest. We stand by the constitutional rights for peaceful protest, but we always condemn violence. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, so a lot of people, if they did bother to tune in, which I suspect they didn't, but if they did, they're probably saying, let me listen to see if there's anything that's going to take care of the gas uh, prices that I'm paying, the food prices I'm paying, the crime I'm seeing in my neighborhood, the open border that scares the living dickens out of me. I don't think they heard anything last night to address the top five or six issues that Americans said they want resolved in this country. Is uh, Donald Trump living rent free in the Democrats head? And are they missing a chance to talk to the American people about what you guys are talking about, the economy? safety, security, putting parents in the driver's seat of their children's future. They're missing a huge chance. And wouldn't that be nice to have a primetime hearing on any of those crises? That's what the American people are yearning for. That's what Republicans continue to focus on. I think this is the Democrats, you know, really desperate 
attempt to try to change the narrative away from all these crises that the American people know their policies have created, whether it's the skyrocketing inflation, the you know the highest inflation in my lifetime, whether it's the increased gas prices that have doubled since Joe Biden took office, or whether it's the open border with the illegal flights of migrants into my home state like New York and other parts of the country, as well as the fentanyl flowing in across our southern border, killing adults in this country. It's the leading cause of death aged 18 to 45. We did not see a primetime hearing on any of those topics. We haven't actually seen a hearing period on any of those topics. That's how out of touch Democrats are with what's actually happening across this country. Yeah, there's no doubt. Congressman, just real quickly, I, before the election, will we see a contract with America? You will see a commitment with America. House Republicans have been hard at work. We it's will exciting. be unveiling that in the coming weeks. And this is really important. We are going to work hard to earn this majority, not only to hold Joe Biden accountable, but to put forth legislation on securing the border, on reining in inflation by reining in the reckless spending that's been happening, holding China accountable, standing up for parents and our role in the classroom on behalf of our children. So there's going to be a long list of policy to-dos, and we attempt to, we will you know, commit to delivering those results. Yeah, that's amazing. America is awaiting for that. They're going to be excited about it. Congresswoman Elise Stefanik, it's always an honor to have you on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, John. All right, folks, stick around. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back, everybody. We are so lucky to have this next guest. He's the quarterback of the ideas machine for House Republicans and a great congressman for the state of Indiana. Joining us right now, Congressman Jim Banks. Congressman, good to have you back. Good to be with you. Thank you. Everybody knows you from your role in the Republican Study Committee. You're always putting out the newest, freshest, best conservative ideas. But you've done an awful lot of work behind the scenes to investigate the security failures on January 6th so that at some point we can have better security in the Capitol. Tell us what you have found as you've gone through these documents, the things that trouble you the most. Well, first and foremost, from the outset, we heard from the head of the Capitol Police Union over a year ago, who told us that on January 6th, they weren't prepared for what happened because the intelligence never reached the rank and file members of the Capitol Police Department. They weren't equipped for what would happen. They had faulty and outdated equipment, expired shields. Some of our Capitol Police officers didn't even have helmets. On, on January 6th. And then they weren't trained for what happened on January 6th. Even in spite of all of the BLM riots in the summer of 2020, uh, our Capitol Police officers weren't trained to deal with a riot uh, at the United States Capitol. Just this week, we also learned 
uh, a very important uh, uh, fact that that the Capitol Police was only half staffed on January 6th because of COVID. So keep that in mind as well. The more that we learn, the more we're more troubled we are about how the, the Capitol was left unsecured on a day like January 6th when they had intelligence for weeks before January 6th that something could happen. It's shameful and at the end of the day, it shows that there was a systemic breakdown of leadership. And uh, Speaker Pelosi, who is the, the most powerful person in the Capitol, has oversight authority of Capitol security. She obviously did not do her job. No doubt. Absolutely, and something that's concerning to me is that I, I feel like if they had fixed these problems, they would have let the public know uh, and the fact that they haven't tells me that a lot of these problems endure. We just had Congressman Troy Nels on the program. He was dealing with death threats and stalking, and this happens to Republicans very often, Democrats too sometimes. Uh, as a lawmaker, are you concerned for your safety knowing these vulnerabilities? Well, I can tell you that, uh, that the Capitol isn't any more secure today than it was uh, on January 6th. And the, this uh, ridiculous uh, sham committee that's going to have a live uh, circus uh, primetime special tonight on, on all of the networks, uh, they, they haven't done anything to ask these serious questions. They haven't dug into the matters related to security at the Capitol. And that, that's what's so shameful about all this. It's all about politics. It's all about denying Donald Trump's name from appearing on the ballot again. We now know it's about abolishing the Electoral College. It's about permanently rigging elections so that Democrats have have advantages on election day over Republicans. That That's what it's all about. It's all about payback of political opponents. It's not about capital security. So the, the more that we learn, the the, the less uh, confident we uh, we are in the Democrat leadership. Yeah, I think that becomes more clear every day that they haven't focused on these issues. I want to take you to a memo that we've turned up because one of the biggest findings that has come out is that the Capitol Police did get an FBI warning that there might be violence and it might target lawmakers that there might be a storming of the Capitol and that they might even target the tunnels where lawmakers move back and forth from their offices to the Capitol. Uh, that came in on the 5th. We know it didn't go to the police chief, even though his deputies got it. It didn't go down to the commanders in the field. But we have obtained an email, and I know you've seen this, uh, that shows that of all the people that didn't get uh, alerted, one did. A staffer for Chuck Schumer the night of January 5th, someone who now works in the Senate um, Sergeant-at-Arms office, the idea that Schumer might get a tip-off while the rest of you lawmakers and the rank-and-file cops didn't get it. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, this is a really a, a shocking uh, bombshell discovery, uh, John, that you've uncovered that shows that the, the political nature of who received intelligence and who didn't. Remember, the Capitol Police officer uh, 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 union chief uh, said that, that rank-and-file police officers weren't uh, tipped off the intelligence that they had was never shared with them, but it was shared with Chuck Schumer's office, a Democrat leader in the Senate. I mean, this is this is unbelievable. It's, un, it's unfathomable to, to think that that intelligence was shared on a political basis to Democrat leaders, but not with anybody else. And that that is a great example of the type of questions, the type of hearings that, that this sham committee should be investigating and digging into. But they're not. Uh, again, it's a political witch hunt. They do not want to get to the facts of the matter of what happened that day or leading up to it and what we could do to prevent something like that from happening again. If they did, they would they would focus on discoveries like this. Right. And and I just think, you know, they're they're gearing up for this starting soon. Um, do do you think that they think this is going to help them not lose the House in November? What, what is their aim? 
<laughs> I mean, it, 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 that's a laughable notion. I mean, this is all backfiring on them. But I, I do think at the end of the day, it's obviously clear when when five dollar a gallon gas on average around the country is the norm. That that the the highest it's ever been before. It's five dollars and twenty five cents a gallon in my hometown in Columbia City, Indiana. This is the old playbook. Change the subject. Change the subject away from gas prices and inflation and fentanyl is the leading cause of death of Americans 18 to 45 because of Biden's border policies. Whatever they can do to change the subject, they're going to do it. And January 6th is the place that they usually turn back to. But I I don't think the American people are buying it. Uh, They're going to tune it out. They're sick of it. Uh, they're, They're demanding that that leaders step up and solve the problems that are affecting American families. They know that Democrats aren't the ones doing it. Yeah, no doubt. So we got about a minute left. I want to ask you about this. The Democrats have not focused on crime while they've been focused on January 6th. We just saw a liberal DA kicked out of San Francisco, of all places, for his soft on crime approaches. You just put out an extraordinary Republican plan for restoring law and order in this country. How important is that going to be to the voters in the fall? I really believe it's one of the top two or three issues on the minds of the American people, gas prices, inflation, and crime. And uh, what, what we got going on under the Biden administration, the Democrats' leadership is is record crime rates, uh, record murder rates around the country. And uh, we've got to support our police officers. We have to fund our police departments. We have to protect qualified immunity. Uh, we, have to, we have to have a, a tougher on crime approach. And under Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi, we have just the opposite. We have soft on crime approaches around the country. That's why you saw the DA in San Francisco thrown out. You're going to see a lot more examples of that, but you're also going to see a bigger Republican majority after this midterm election who's serious about uh, being tough on crime and and, uh, getting rid of uh, the crime waves around the country. No doubt about it. Yeah, that's right. Congressman, we appreciate you joining us so much. And uh, John, he's right. You see these primaries across the country and law and order seems to be a central theme of what voters are voting for. They are tired of you know, the lack of prosecution. And I can they attest are. to that living here in California and L.A. with George Gascon. And as we saw, Chesa Boudin, I think that's going to be a central theme heading into the midterms. Stay with us here on Just the News, Not Noise. We'll be right back after the commercials. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back, everybody. We are lucky to be joined by the chief executive of one of America's most beautiful and resource-rich states. Alaska Governor Mike Dean Levy is here. He's going to tell us how President Biden's foreign and domestic policies are harming his state. Governor, an honor to have you on the show tonight. It's great to be on, guys. Thanks for having me. 
It is an amazing thing that a, a, a state with your extraordinary resources can't tap any of them. Gas in your state is $5 with all that oil and gas standing around you. How frustrating is the Biden administration to your state? Well, last year, gas and diesel was in the $3 range. Now it's approaching six. It's about $5.60, $5.70 a gallon. And um, I, I got to tell you, this inflationary spiral that we're in is going to be a reminder when folks, uh, folks uh, make a decision on who they're going to put in office here uh, shortly. But with that said, uh, Alaska is an oil and gas giant. We're actually an energy giant. We have probably more of the country's geothermal. Uh, we have the second largest tides in the world uh, for potential tidal uh, energy. The list goes on. But primarily right now, an oil and gas state, and we have tremendous amounts of oil and gas to offer the U.S. and to our Pacific allies. Uh, we are the western furthest state in the uh, country when the North Pacific, so we're actually relatively close to our friends in uh, Korea and Japan as well. But nonetheless, uh, we have a lot of oil and gas to offer the United States and the world. Yeah. And Governor, I know you are trying to do everything you can to help the people of your state with gas at $5 there, but you, uh, I believe it's passed through the House. Now it goes to the Senate, a bill that would place a moratorium on the state. Uh, fuel tax of, I believe it's eight cents. How much of an, an impact do you think that's going to have? It would have had a tremendous impact. Unfortunately, our session ended here about a week and a half ago, and that bill died in our Senate. Uh, which to me, once again, would have been a, a, a relief to the people of Alaska. We are right now, we're currently, um, we're currently enjoying, quote, enjoying, the state is, uh, a windfall because of the price of oil per barrel. It's about 125 for uh, Alaska North Slope, slope crude, uh, crude oil today. Um, that, that windfall comes off, obviously, the, uh, out of the wallets of people throughout the world, but including our, our folks here in Alaska. So it was our attempt to try and help our own people out by suspending that uh, gas tax. Unfortunately, it failed in the Senate. Yeah, that's unfortunate. I know people would love to have that relief any way they can get it. Uh, the Biden administration has targeted your state like none other. I think you mentioned off the air that two dozen uh, orders designed to punish the industries in your state. Um, why? What, what, what is the philosophy that drives uh, tying the hands of Alaskans? I think it's a combination of two things, to be honest with you. I think uh, one is the, uh, the Biden administration has made it clear that uh, uh, fossil fuels, anything based on carbon, is, uh, is going to be eradicated. And that's, uh, that's the social engineering pro uh, program and process they have in place right now. The other is there's also this view that Alaska is, is not really a state. It's a national park for the rest of the country. The fact of the matter is we are a 49th state. We are, a, we are part of this federalist system. Um, and uh, we always believe that we do have a beautiful state, but we also are a resource giant and we can do both well. To give you an example, we've never flared our gas here in Alaska. We probably have managed our resources better than any other place on the planet. And yet the, uh, the administration, along with their allies in the extreme environmentalist movements, want to shut this state down. And I think this is a canary in the mind for the rest of the country. Uh, I think so goes Alaska, so goes the rest of this country when it comes to oil and gas or other types of resources. And so we're putting up a fight. Uh, we were fortunate that our legislature appropriated money for our state defense to actually fight, unfortunately, our own federal government and their agencies when they're trying to shut us down. But nonetheless, resource development is, uh, is a big part of Alaska's uh, economy and budget. And so uh, we uh, unfortunately are being sanctioned by our own federal government. And Governor, I have to think that this affects the people of your state in other ways as well, with the Biden administration canceling contracts, most recent of which uh, the halting of drilling on, what, over a million acres of land in the Cook Inlet. I have to imagine that that's affecting the jobs market. And of course, that trickles down to a lot of other issues for the people of Alaska, right? 
absolutely, across the board. You lose jobs, you lose revenue for the state, you lose wealth creation. You ship these opportunities overseas, in many cases, to people that are, are countries that are not friendly to the United States. Uh, in terms of the environment, the environment's gonna be wrecked quicker overseas, uh, not here in Alaska. So it's a lose-lose across the board when you have actions like this from the federal government uh, uh, foisted upon one of its own states. And so we wanna be a contributor to the economy, a contributor to in, uh, enhancing people's lives, creating more jobs for Alaskans and folks in this country, and ensuring our national security. And um, you know, I, I, I really don't understand why they've taken this tack, but nonetheless, it's not gonna strengthen Alaska or this country, it's actually gonna weaken us. And it, it trickles down to all of us in the, in the continental states because you're such an amazing resource for energy for us. You have an international perspective as governor. You've worked really hard. You just came back from an important mission to Japan. Tell us a little bit about what that was about and uh, the success you had there. Well, you know, the world has changed uh, dramatically here in the last several months. It's a combination of the war in Ukraine with Russia. But it's also um, it's also what this administration has done in terms of social engineering, the whole energy uh, sector in this country and the future for this country. And so our allies in Japan and once again, Alaska is very close to Japan. Uh, they're looking for new sources of gas as a result of what occurred here with uh, the Russian Ukraine uh, war. And so they're looking at Alaska. We have tremendous amounts of stranded gas in the North Slope. Uh, we had some great discussions with our friends in Japan. And um, given what's happening right now in the markets and in the world, uh, I think Alaska is poised to really help out our allies in, allies in Japan and uh, our Alaskans here in the state because it would dramatically lower the cost of energy here in the state of Alaska if we get this pipeline uh, built and we get gas flowing through it. So we're pretty optimistic. We'll see what happens here over the next couple months. That's yeah, a big deal. Yeah, that, that sounds great for Alaska. It, I have to say, though, it does kind of seem crazy to me, though, that we wouldn't utilize uh, the abundant resources of Alaska for energy production in our own country, but we're exporting it to Japan. That just seems nuts and, and, and countersensical. It, uh, you know, it's worse than that. So, for example, we have the largest national forest in the country, the Tongass National Forest. It's a very large forest. Um, Rhode Island, which is our smallest state, has a larger timber industry than Alaska does. That's because the federal government does not want to even uh, log in this national forest. Yet, we will send the timber industry overseas to places like Southeast Asia, where um, thousands of orangutans are, are perishing because of the logging, uh, logging practices overseas, the palm oil uh, plantations that are being put in place of natural trees over in uh, some parts of Southeast Asia. People don't talk about that. Uh, they, they really don't have a global perspective. We in Alaska do. Because once again, we're on the Pacific Rim and we trade with and we interact with a lot of countries um, uh, along the Pacific. But nonetheless, the idea that if you stop an activity here in Alaska, here in the United States, that somehow makes that activity go away worldwide, it doesn't. It actually makes it worse for the environment, worse in many cases for some human rights issues in some of these countries. And in the end, it, like I mentioned earlier, it weakens this country. So it doesn't make a lot of sense if you're pro-American and pro-Alaskan to have a policy that ships are some of our most vital industries overseas, such as oil and gas, timber and mining. Makes no sense at all. And it wasn't that long ago where it was tipped in our advantage. Now we've tipped it back to the OPEC countries. Uh, the president wants to go to Saudi Arabia, beg for oil there. Has he ever picked up the phone? We got about a minute left. Has he ever picked up the phone and said, hey, what can you do for us in Alaska? Uh, we have a lot of folks picking up the phone, asking that question. Um, what I would, I'd invite the president to come to Alaska. It's closer than Saudi Arabia and it's within the United States. And uh, we would love to have a discussion about how we could produce more oil and gas for America. So 
um, you know, it's a it's a strange world we live in. And hopefully, um, hopefully uh, things will change here shortly. But um, where it's headed now, almost six dollars a, a, a gallon gas and six dollars a gallon diesel and mm-hmm. almost nine dollars in Henry Hub for gas, natural gas. Uh, the, the Alaskan and the American people are hurting right now. And I hope the folks in Washington get the message. Well, they know in Alaska, they got a good advocate in their governor. That's for sure. Governor Denlevy, thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate the conversation. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thank you. All right, folks, we'll take a quick commercial break. When we come back, more interviews, more news, more exclusive insights. Stay tuned. You don't want to miss it. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Welcome back, everybody. Fresh off the heels of a few little earthquakes here in California last night. Let's head over to New York for gubernatorial candidate Andrew Giuliani. Andrew, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, John, great being with you, Amanda. Great to be with you. We are happy to have you. We were just talking offline. You've got a debate coming up next week. Primaries just on the horizon. How are you feeling going into it? Feeling really good. I got to tell you, I started this campaign over a year ago. And my entire strategy has been talk with New Yorkers, build the grassroots. We've been seeing uh, poll after poll coming out recently that's had us winning this race. Look, it's all going to come down to the debate. It's all going to come down to getting out the vote. Uh, But with 20 days to go until our primary day, I love where we stand. You know, I know that in the last segment, you guys were talking about the DA in San Francisco. Uh, It was great to see him recalled. We, unfortunately, in New York, do not have a recall option, but the governor under Article 8, Section 13B of the New York State Constitution can actually fire district attorneys in the state of New York. And I've made a pledge to fire Alvin Bragg or any other Soros-funded DA who chooses not to execute their oath of office on day one of my administration. Yeah, so important. And I think that that uh, that idea, which you first started talking about, you're seeing it now cropping up in Wisconsin. You're seeing it in other states. I think that idea has caught on with some of the other candidates around this country. So bravo to you. Um, the state of New York, it, it kind of feels like the late 1970s. There's malaise, there's crime, there's uncertainty. Um, what does it take to get this amazing state, the Empire State, back on its feet? What's the biggest part of your agenda that's going to get that state back on its feet? Well, I know we mentioned the district attorneys, but I mean, you don't have to look any further than bail reform, which has been a complete disaster since it was passed and signed in New York over three years ago. We've seen crime spike, not just in New York City, where the national media likes to focus, but Rochester last year had the most murders ever in recorded history. 
This year, they're actually on pace to surpass that. Binghamton had so many murders last year. They also set a record. This is honestly an epidemic of crime all around New York. So on day one, I would sit down with the state assembly speaker and the head of the state Senate and tell them very simply, until there is a full repeal of bail reform and we end this war on our cops, I will not be funding their top priorities in the budget. New York needs to get back to when we focus on quality of life. John, you cited New York in the 70s and 80s. Well, look, I remember when Time Magazine in the early 90s did the famous cover that said New York was the rotting apple and that it was ungovernable. There's another guy named Giuliani who came in and took it from over 2,000 murders a year to eventually less than 600 a year. There's that other guy right there. Well, I got to tell you, that's the exact same kind of attitude that I will be taking to all of them. I talk to him every so often. He's very proud of the guy that's on the screen right now. He's, uh, he loves what he sees. Congratulations. <laughs> Andrew, a a very reputable pollster, John Zogby, recently found that you are edging out over Lee Zeldin. I I know that there are so many issues that you have been campaigning on, but what do you think is the reason for that recent surge? I think, again, it's because we've built a really strong grassroots uh, right from the beginning of this campaign. You know, we made sure that we went to all 62 counties within the first month uh, and we've continued to stay on that pace. But it's also listening to New Yorkers. I, maybe this is being in politics for uh, such a long time in terms of growing up when I was a little kid and all this. Uh, but I always took notes in terms of what, what really is concerning New Yorkers. I mean, you can see sometimes when candidates and campaigns uh, will say the messages, maybe it's not necessarily connecting. And that's why for me, I've always said, well, look, you need to make sure that you're listening as much as you're talking Uh, because nobody likes to get preached to. And and I can tell you, aside from crime, which is the number one issue, people in New York want their medical freedoms. They don't want to be mandated to have to get the vaccine or to have to wear a mask for their toddler in places. They don't want to be the highest tax state in the country or compete with California to be the most overregulated state in the country. And, And really, more than anything, they want to make sure that their parents in New York, yes, parents are the primary stakeholder, in our kids' education. And that's why I've set forth an education plan so that way we can have tax credits in New York so parents can take those dollars to parochials, yeshivas, or homeschools, and and the government is not actually the primary stakeholder. The parents are the primary stakeholder in our kids' education. What a novel idea. It used to be the way things were in this country, but not not so often these days. Um, You had a chance last night to size up the opposition on the other side of political. There was a debate last night among the Democratic candidates, your takeaway of what the other party's offering in November. Unfortunately, it's more of the same that we've seen in Albany out of the last 15 plus years. You can look at Andrew Cuomo in his last 10 plus years. And unfortunately, Kathy Hochul uh, has a corruption scandal with a lieutenant governor who less than seven months into his term actually got arrested for campaign finance fraud. Uh, She ended up approving a stadium that her husband is going to be profiting off of I mean, for your national listeners that might not be paying as close attention to New York, I can take the name Hochul out and I can put the name Biden in and it tells the exact same story. Uh, unfortunately, it's more corruption. It's no it's not addressing actually the crime issue that's going on in the state. And I'll give you another example. They asked if they thought Bill de Blasio should run for Congress, as we know that he's decided to run 
uh, if they would support him if he was the Democratic nominee. Now, this is an issue that even my former boss and one of my political idols, Donald Trump, can agree with a leftist like Andy Cohen on that Bill de Blasio is the worst mayor in the history of New York and he should not run for dog catcher. All three of those Democratic politicians would not actually go out there and say that Bill de Blasio should not. One other thing they did, they kept saying pregnant people, John. I'm sorry, I was. I am not a biologist, but I can tell you that only women can get pregnant. I might be controversial, but again, it's the truth. You should spend time with Andrew, one of our Supreme Court justices before, here. <laughs> yeah. Quick question before we go. I know a lot of people are foregoing trips to New York, to Manhattan. Uh, we've got about 45 seconds left. I know that's got to be affecting your state's tourism. Absolutely. And you could see it in our dollars. I mean, I would just look at the fact that New York leads the country in out-migration and business-friendly states like Florida lead the country in in-migration here. I can tell you this, Amanda, under Giuliani administration, we will relight the economic furnace that is New York. I've heard New Yorkers and I've heard people that come into New York often tell me they think that New York's greatest days are behind it. I say, no, our greatest chapters are yet to be written. We just need another Giuliani there to turn it around. <laughs> That's right. And I know New York is such a beloved place for a lot of people across uh, the country. So I know that people are very anxious to see what happens. So, Andrew Giuliani, we appreciate you joining us today and we will keep an eye on your campaign, those debates and primaries coming up. Oh, thanks a lot, Amanda, for joining me on this. What a great interview. I learned a lot. Folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up for the day. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. All right, folks, happy Sunday. Thanks for listening. God bless you. Have a great rest of your week. And I'm praying for you that you and your family have a great special Sunday. Blessed with the fellowship of your family and friends. Have a good night. We'll be back Monday. we got a lot of news to break next week. More January 6th stuff coming up exclusively on Just the News and John Solomon Reports. So stay tuned. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner. Whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite, 
you and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. Hey there, it's Amanda Head, and I am thrilled to introduce to you my new exciting podcast, Furthermore, with Amanda Head, broadcasting weekly from sunny Los Angeles, California, and brought to you by the dynamic Just the News Podcast Network. On this fresh and engaging podcast, I delve into the latest news with a little bit of a twist, exploring the furthermore of every story. But this isn't your typical run-of-the-mill news commentary or politically charged program. I interview a diverse range of guests, including business leaders, entertainers, musicians, educators, experts, politicians, and many influential figures from both the United States and around the world. So why not make your Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays a little more interesting? Tune in on your preferred podcast platform and discover furthermore with Amanda Head on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And don't forget to hit that follow or subscribe button and be sure to download the latest episodes. I can't wait to have you join me on this exciting journey.